Hi, family. Welcome back to the Adventist Reflections podcast, which is, of course, your podcast. This is week 11 on this series on the book of Isaiah, and today's title is Beating Evil with Love. The question has been made multiple times as to what is true love. Various answers have been given over time, from the lay of foundation, from the layman to the one spending vast amounts of time researching such concepts. Discoveries have been made in relation to the type of chemicals released when someone is, for example, in love. Hormones and neurotransmitters have been formed uh, to, to predict or to, to propose that love is a conglomeration of such things. All of these discoveries have found that, indeed, chemicals do play a role in the, in, around the time when we feel in love. Styles of love have also been made into this, uh, into this quest to understand love, from the big four types of love uh, to all the way to the idea that relationships with other people allows us to have a true sense of love. You know, the idea that there is a pure love, a friendship love, an erotic love, or, or even some kind of love that is disinterested and purely kind. According to Jungian psychology, wholeness comes once the projections are analyzed and withdrawn, and the love is internalized as a connection between the inner aspects of the self. Wow, how complex really can love be, you might ask yourself. Well, the reality is that it can be as complex as one desires it to be, and yet it should be as easy as it is expressed in the scriptures. Today's reflections are based on Isaiah chapter 55, 56, and 58. Now, think with me. Let us reflect together. When we consider the idea of love, we must consider the biblical stance that declares that God himself is love. So it makes sense that love must be complex because who can fully understand the concept of God? Who can fully understand God? In my Sabbath school locally, I have a guy. His name is Stephen. And I love how Stephen thinks deeply as he gets super excited when he expressed the realization once, a few times actually, of the existence of God. He always comes to the conclusion that nobody really can fully comprehend God because we are not even a speck when we compare to him. The reality is I don't even think there is a comparison. We cannot compare at all. On the other side, God's love is simple and, and not as complex as many make it sound. It is simple, simply understood by the simplest of means, and it can be studied and analyzed in his character, the character of God. After all, if God himself is love, then his character must explain what it is. So, simply put, 
if I say that I love my wife and she says that she loves me, one really has to ask, how do we know that these two people love each other? Well, to have an answer, you'll have to investigate every thought that I have toward my wife and by default, every thought that will, ref be, that will be reflected into actions. In other words, nobody can really understand every single thought that I have towards my wife. Sometimes probably I don't even know what I'm thinking about her, consciously speaking. But you can see how I reflect those thoughts, conscious or unconscious, into my actions towards her. So how does Isaiah explain such love? What is God's offering that shows such love? To whom does he offer this? What is God's core thoughts towards you, my friends? Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk. Wow, there is so much in such a small passage. First of all, he is offering this to anyone. The text is clear. Come anyone who is thirsty, who does not have anything within themselves. He does not say for only the holy of holiest, or holiest to come. In fact, if you were so holy, you probably will not be sitting right here right now. You will most likely be one of those angels in heaven. There is also something else, something interesting in the text that we just read. At first, it might sound contradictory to someone who has no money, and then he says to come and buy. Let's face it, how would that sound to someone who has no money at all? It would even sound cruel. Don't you reckon? It is as if making mockery of the needy. Thankfully enough, the verse does not finish there, and the words of Isaiah the prophet clarify what God is intended to say in here. And it says, Come and buy without money and without price. What Isaiah is basically saying is that God's love is such that he invites you to purchase from him good stuff for us, and yet he's charging us nothing. He's giving you everything and he's saying, buy it from me and I'm going to sell it to you for nothing. It is as, as if I have a convenience store and tell you to come and buy your groceries. And once you come to check out, I say, no worries. It's all checked out. It's cleared. I covered the cost. I'll cover the price. You might say, well, this is a scam. It is really, really too good to be true. Well, that is exactly, yes, that is exactly what God's love is like. It sounds too good to be true, and yet it is true. It is true. In verses 3 and 4 of the same chapter, 55 of Isaiah, he continues saying, as God speaks, Incline your, your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live. And I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I have made him witness to the peoples and a leader, a commander for the peoples. One could say that there are things attached in what God offers, and we could accept this thought. But also, those strings that are attached are for our goodness. Let's think about those strings that God is sharing. What are, what are the strings attached to what God is offering for free? 
He's basically saying that all we got to do is accept this connection, this deep relationship with him, this establishment of an everlasting covenant. God is not asking you to try him, nor is he asking you to to first try uh, you in this relationship to see if he wants to commit to you. What he's saying is that he wants to commit to you fully, truly, and at once. He is not into this uh, to date you or to leave you. He is in this to marry you, to be with you forever. Are you in to love him back and accept his covenant forever? Are you into loving him forever? So what kind of covenant is this? What kind of thoughts is God having towards you? Remember that we shared that to know the love of someone, we ought to think about what such someone is doing for that person. So in other words, for us to know if somebody loves somebody, we need to see the actions this person has. Well, the same thing can apply in our study. Interestingly enough, scriptures tell us and we read about this sure love for David. It, it does not take much to assess what love sounded like. Psalm 70, verses 70 to 72 say that he, that is God, chose David his servant and took him to the sheepfold for the, from the following the nursing eaves. He brought him to the shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With the upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them skillfully. You see, when God says that he wants to love you and have a covenant like what he had with David, he is saying that he has plans for you that you cannot even fathom nor imagine, plans to, that go beyond your own thoughts and your own realization. It is because of such a love, because of such thoughts that God invites you today as spoken in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7 to forsake your own wicked ways and even your own thoughts. In doing so, he does not leave you hanging. This is what God referred to in the first verse when he invites you to buy from him something priceless, something that you could not afford, something that he's willing willing to give you if you are willing to enter into this covenant with him God says in Isaiah chapter 55 verse verses 8 and 9 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts here is the thing. God's love is not just a list of doings. God's love is the master example of how we are to love. He invested all he had to offer. In fact, he offers the best of the best, the most any could have ever imagined. He offers it all to you, the ones who love him as well as to the ones who hate him. As far as such person wants to leave that behind and enter into this agreement with him. That everlasting covenant is spoken of in Isaiah chapter 55. You see, when God, in the shape of Christ, as discussed last week's, in last week's episode, died for you, he knew that you would many times reject him. Sometimes not even believe in him. He knew you would have doubts and even would curse him in thoughts or in actions. However, he still died for you, despite of your rejection. And he, he gave everything for you. And let me tell you, I just have to say, what an amazing God we serve. One theme remains here to be asked and reflected on.
God loves, off, God loves you and offers you this free gift of love towards you. A gift that brings to you salvation, all free of charge. Why not accept such gift? Would you like to accept his love, his love, his loving kindness towards you and follow him through the good and through the bad, even though heavens fall? I certainly hope so. My Adventist Reflections family, remember one thing. We cannot and do not need to understand. We do not, we cannot and do, no, do not need to understand the full mystery of why and how God saves us. Or even the depths of the love he has for you and I. We don't even have to fully understand whom he is for us. All we need to know, all we need to understand is that he loves you so much that he died for you so that you could have everlasting life. All we need to do is just accept this gift. It is a gift and it is free. My name is Dr. Dancy and today I choose to love God, the one who loves me. How about you? <laughs>